Welcome to the Made for Mondays podcast, where each week we talk about how to be love in our day-to-day lives. Now, here are your hosts, Executive Director at Believer's Church, Heather Carl, and Senior Pastor of Believer's Church, James Stewart. Hey, everybody. I'm Heather, and who are you, fella? Hey there, Heather. It's Jamie. How was your weekend? Did you do anything fun for Mother's Day? Yeah, so it was really nice. I know uh, we're supposed to be uh, social distancing still until Friday, I think, something like that. Uh, But we had had our kids over, and a couple others had speedies. Nice. Greek salad. It was really nice. You probably need to explain to our listeners what speedies are. Are yes. is speedies is I actually are. I went to high school with a guy who owns a food truck in Charlotte, North Carolina, and the name of the food truck is What's a Speedy? Oh, nice. Yeah, and that's what he does. So a Speedy is so, that's the singular version. Yeah, Speedies <laughs> are basically just it's a regional New York thing. It's a marinade, basically, is what it is. And originally it was lamb, but today it's chicken or pork. And you cube it, marinate it for about five days, grill it, put it on a piece of Italian bread, and eat it like a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Or you can put it on pizza, salad. I mean, it's it's amazing. Right. Because you're having it today for your leftovers I'm as salad. I'm having Greek salad with a speedy salad, basically. Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm having. Sounds delicious. I know. I just told you before we started recording that I found... A Wegmans brand speedy sauce. Yes. So it's That's an off-brand, really interesting. but and, very interesting. Yeah, and Wegmans, I don't know if it's lo- if its headquarters is up there, but they do have a very strong presence oh, in the Northeast. So, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're kind of making their way south. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting. And you can, for anyone who's shopping, and this is, you know, this podcast is for everything. It's for everything. You know? Cover all the topics. Yeah. So, Salamitas State Fair Speedy Sauce is available at Kroger, Food Lion, just about anywhere. Harris Teeter. Harris Teeter, Mm -hmm. yes. And so, if you want to give it a try, that's what it is. It's delicious. You really should. You really should. It's even good for you vegans on veggies. Yeah. You can use it as a dressing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, or you can use it as marinade, but yeah, you can, you can marinate, uh, do skewers of veggies. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Amazing. Super good. Yep. All right. How about you? Mother's day. Yeah. My mother's day was good. We watched service together. Uh I have all my people still live in my house and then some, (laughs) so, um, all of my people were there. We watched service together and then we Picked up my mom, and we went on a really nice hike out at Windsor Castle. That's so nice out there. I love it out there. Me too. And it was packed. I bet there it was. There were people lined up down the street and everything. It was really good. So we did that and then came home, and my guys cooked dinner. Nice. So we had that. It was just a really good day. And it was beautiful out. Beautiful also. outside. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So today on the pod, we have two really big things to discuss. Yes. Um, We're going to talk about yesterday's message, and we're also going to talk a little bit about what we're planning to do for reopening in this moment. The current thinking. Right. Yes. Because that's all we can do. That's all we can do. Is say what we're currently thinking. Yep. But before we get into that, I do want to talk about yesterday. So we've been in a series called Viral, Hope and Help When life is uncertain. And yesterday our topic was self-worth and 
it was just a really powerful service. I, if you haven't had a chance to watch it, I would encourage you to do that. You can do that through the Believer's website on our app and YouTube and Facebook channels. All the things. All the things, all the places. Um, and even if you did, it's probably worth listening to again. Just so much good content in that service yesterday. Bare minimum, go back and listen to Lauren's testimony because yeah. it was the highlight of the service. Yeah. It was so she good. She just did really well. Um, and we're going to talk about that a little bit in our questions today, but I want to start off. Um, typically, I don't really like when various scenarios are put into male and female categories, probably because I often relate to the male response, and then that makes me feel like I don't fit into the right category. Yeah, because those are generalizations. <laughs> yes. Um, but that being said, I do think the topic of self-worth affects sexes uniquely, and I'd love to hear how you think men wrestle with their self-worth, and then maybe I can speak to the female listeners. Yeah. So I think, I think there are unique ways that it expresses itself in the different genders. However, um, I've been doing a fair amount of premarital counseling this year, um, I don't know, five different weddings or so over the next few months. And um, one of the things that comes up in the, in the premarital assessment that I use is it highlights issues, struggles that a, a person might be wrestling with. And interestingly, about half, or, or it's about equal, the number of men and women who are struggling with, um, like, their body. And, really? Yeah. And at, at first, I was like, well, that's probably a mistake. Uh, they probably didn't mean to do that. And so I, I asked. I said, well, this is kind of interesting, but this this came up that you're struggling with, you know, your, uh, you know, your physical, how you look and that kind of stuff. And they've been like, oh, yeah, 100%. Wow. Yeah, so I think... There is uh, a converging, maybe, of mm -hmm. some of the issues mm -hmm. because there's no shortage of uh, buff guys with six-pack abs to compare yourself to. Right. Um, and so guys are, are looking around at, at stuff, too, and using that to compare themselves. And it, as I mentioned in the message, that can just destroy a sense of self-worth. So um, I think... I think there is plenty of overlap, mm -hmm. but um, but I think guys, um, you know, their self worth often is tied to achievement, um, accomplishments, and uh, being ahead of others. Like that's that's uh, a good way to measure your self worth by looking around. And a lot of the illustrations that I used yesterday were around that. It was around things. Mm -hmm. Um, things and accomplishments, because a lot of guys, that's where they do find their sense of um, self-worth. But as we were talking uh, through this leading into today's recording, there's definitely, and even just as you introduced it, you talked about you don't fit neatly into some mm -hmm. categories of, of what a woman might normally struggle with or whatever. And I think that's that's really true. You'd mentioned um, like just guys being taught not to, you know, big boys don't cry kind mm -hmm. of thing. And if if a guy is very sensitive, 
And that's what he's being told. And he's feeling very sensitive and feeling lots of feelings. And he's being told that that's not a very manly thing to do. Then he might struggle with a sense of self in that because, well, I'm I'm doing it wrong, you Mm -hmm. know? Yep. Yeah. I loved, um, like with Lauren's testimony, uh, she talked about, um, how for her, it really did start in sort of like that physical realm of things, um, where she was picked on and, um, maybe even bullied a little bit. She didn't use that term, but, um, But then I think what's interesting about that in her testimony, and I think this is what probably happens in a lot of cases, is then that might be what it started as, but then it starts affecting, like, all sorts of other areas. Um, So you start to feel like you're not, you know, you're not as funny as this person or you're not as um, likable or not as emotionally drawn or anything mm. like that, it, it just kind of starts to seep into all these other yeah. areas. And that's where it can be so destructive. Um, and, you know, you spent a lot of time yesterday on that comparison thing. And that's what it ends up being then is like someone's calling you out on what they think is a fault that you have. Right. And so that's magnified by then you seeing other people that don't appear to have that same fault. Yep. And I think, yeah, it's just a vicious cycle. And certainly social media um, has not helped yeah. <laughs> that at all. It's just magnified what we think we should be. And even I remember... Um, it's probably a couple years ago now. I was at, we were at a couple's game night playing with some friends. We used to do that. I don't know if you remember those times. Game night? Yeah. You you could like get, say like four to six couples together in In one one place, in one room. Wow. And you would like play a game. Crazy. Yeah. It was really fun. Huh? I long for those days. (laughs) Anyways. Um, so we're at this game night and, I, there was like a dessert or something that was presented and everyone was just ooing and eyeing over this beautiful dessert. And the person said that she found it on Pinterest and that's, you know, she made it off Pinterest. And another woman commented, she was like, I can't even go on Pinterest anymore because everything on there looks amazing. It's like perfect. And every time I try it, it's just a hot mess. Right. And ah! I just spilled water all over, but we're going to keep rolling, y'all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was just a hot mess of a thing. And so she was like, it started to really wear on who I was and what I was doing. And she said, I just had to finally say, like, I can't even look at that because that does not define who I am if I can make something that's Pinterest perfect. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's a... <laughs> Sam's cleaning Sam, up my mess. cleaning up. Thank Such you, a Sam. servant, yeah. Sam. Thank no, you. He's not even complaining about it. No, he's got a big smile on his face. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, the, the comparison game is, is huge. And like you said, there's... Um, 
it just it really does destroy a person's sense of what they can do or even like you the story you just mentioned even attempting to do right it just limits people so much the interesting thing to me was that verse that i uh used in ecclesiastes that talks about comparison from way back when Mm -hmm. so it's not a new phenomenon but how we're doing culture certainly has made it more prolific. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And speaking of comparison, um, we talked yesterday about how that compar- comparing ourselves to others should not define us. Um, and back to Lauren's story, you know, she was able to track the root of her struggle back to when she was eight years old, yeah. eight. So how much of our self-image and esteem are formed at such a young age? Yeah. So much of it is. So much. Um, so how do we as adults take steps to set an example for the kids in our lives? And not just parents. Like, you know, whoever we are as adults, we have kids that are in our lives. That we influence. That we influence, yep. And so how do we help them... To, sh- to hold on to strong self-worth in those early ages? So part of my answer, before I, before I give an answer, I want to give a, um, just a statement to give permission for parents. Because parenting is one of those things that, I mean, it's so incredibly difficult and uh, talk about comparing yourself, you know, parents comparing yourself with another parent to determine how good of a parent you are. There's plenty of parents out there who think they're no good at parenting. For sure. Just because they've compared themselves to yep. others. Or, um, you know, your kid makes mistakes and you wear that as your failure as a parent. You know, like yep. they did that because... You know, I let them down in some kind of way. And that's just not true. So I want to just start before I say, you know, you may have done everything right and you have a an adult kid who really is struggling with a sense of self-worth. And it's not because you didn't do a good job as a parent. Yeah, that's good. Um, so, you know, we all know people who were, you know, we all do the best we can, and mm-hmm. sometimes we really screw it up, and our kids turn out amazing. And sometimes, <laughs> right. you know, sometimes you do it all right, and the kid just makes bad choices. Right. And that's not necessarily a reflection on the parent themselves. So uh, that's the the disclosure right. at, the, at the top end of this. But you know, you kind of hit on something just in asking the question, and that is, um, you know, how do we? How do we take steps to set an example for the kids in our lives? And, um, you know, this is an old expression, but it's so true. Values are caught, not taught. Mm. So uh, I think, you know, even just talking honestly with your kids about your own struggle with your sense of self-worth and being honest about it. Is, uh, is a way that you can help your kids to identify what's going on in their lives. So um, part of it is just, I think, being honest as an adult, honest as a parent, you know, appropriately transparent um, to say, yeah, this is, this is something I'm feeling pressure around. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, do you ever feel that kind of pressure, yep. you know, at school to, 
to be something that you're not or that you're not good enough because, you know, you look at someone else and you see something like yeah, that. Yeah, I love that approach too. Like this is a pressure I feel mm-hmm. versus being like self-deprecating in yeah. it. I Particularly when we're talking to our kids, like yeah. that's not going to be helpful. Yeah. I also think, um, you know, our culture's effort to create self-worth in our kids has done the exact opposite. And, um, and it's not slowing down. Like, even though it's not working, uh, we're just hitting the gas on some of the tactics that we're trying to help our kids have a strong sense of self. What are some of those examples? Well, you know, the, the, everyone gets a trophy, uh, Mm, the participation award, um, we're not keeping score because we don't want someone to feel bad. Um, and what we're doing is we're intervening in normal stuff that kids actually can derive. Like there's even schools that aren't recognizing valedictorians anymore. You know, you work mm-hmm. your tail off for 12 years of school and then you don't even get recognized for right. that. That's actually, you know, the the thought behind it is, well, if we elevate one person or we recognize or reward one person, we're making everyone else feel bad. But what we're really doing is just... Lowering the standard. Yeah, we're lowering the standard for everybody. And then everyone gets an award, but they know that they didn't do anything to earn anything. Right. So it's it kind of messes with this whole idea of achievement and self-worth because it's kind of meaningless. And if as a parent, you're constantly intervening in your kid's life and making the pathway to success... Um, obstacle-free, uh, and you're doing that so that they achieve and have a strong sense of self-worth at the end of that, what you're really doing is sending a message saying, you're not capable, you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, I need to come in and right. rescue you so that you can accomplish something. So yeah. in your effort to help them succeed, because you're the one doing it all, um, you're actually sending the opposite message. Instead of them getting the message, I'm worthy, they're getting the message, I'm not good enough. And so, you know, allowing kids to, to struggle and, and do things on their own and, and make choices and suffer consequences, like all of those things yeah. are part of the journey to discovering a sense of self and a sense of self-worth. And I think in our culture, we've completely undermine that Mm -hmm. process. Yeah, I think um, you talking about that brings to mind this, the idea that we kind of function in as a staff around here is that we know we're going to fail at things, but we just need to fail forward. And I think if we can put that into our kids' minds, like set them up for like, things aren't always going to go the way you want them to. Things are going to fall apart. You're going to make bad choices. Someone else's bad choices are going to affect you in a negative way. But if you can like, just when you fall down, you're going to fall forward and just try again. And that then as the parent, your support is coming in, like helping get them back up and speaking truth back into them and helping them claim what they know is true about who they are to be able to handle yeah. the rejection or the failure that they've experienced. Yes. Yeah. 
if if um, if you never fail, I mean, every every great person in history, if you read their biographies, they've overcome so much and overcome a lot of failure. And so I think it's part of the process of achieving. And so, yeah, around here, you know, we talk about um, fail forward, you know, learn from your mistakes. Uh, a mentor of mine always says, fail forward fast. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yep. just do it as often as you need to, you know, but continue to, to take risks to achieve good things, knowing that, you know, half or more than half of those things probably aren't going to work, but they were worth they were worth trying. It's worth failing at. That's something that we say yeah. also around mm-hmm. here. That, that was worth failing at. It was worth a shot. Yep. So good. So your summary point yesterday was that the crucifixion is what should define our worth. And Jesus himself thought we, not just as a people, but as individuals, were worth dying for. That is such a high price. Mm-hmm. And yet, I know there are many who might hear that and feel so low that they can't even grasp a love that big, that generous. Um, So if you could speak directly to that person, what would you say to them? Yeah, first I would say um, to that person, you know, I would ask them to to see, you know, where God is for them. Like, do they have an understanding of of God? Do they have a a God worldview? Uh, because if you don't, it's hard to claim your value. Like if you are just a um, cosmic accident, mm-hmm. if you're just a random genetic mutation, and that's what defines you, well, that's kind of depressing, and it's hard to find significance or purpose or meaning if that is your worldview. And so for for the Christian or even the... Um, the person who has a, a God awareness with an understanding that everything has come from God, well, that says something completely different. That, that now says I'm part of a plan. There's a creator. Uh, if there's a creator, the, we were created with some kind of purpose and meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe, you know, you can take that one more step and say, you know, if I was created by someone and if that indicates that there's some purpose, and there's got to be, um, then um, you know this. I'm, I'm probably created. There's some expectation on, on the part of the Creator that I'm going to have some response to Him. Um, I've been created by a Creator to be in relationship with Him or to respond to Him in some kind of way. Uh, otherwise, the creation doesn't make a whole lot of sense either. And so, you know, if God has created us, if there's a creator behind us, then there's um, there's some implication behind that, that, that we have meaning, we have purpose, and we were created to respond to him in some kind of way. And that's, that's uh, what the gospel really talks about, um, that, you know, we were created in God's image, mm-hmm. uh, but sin has marred that image and separated us from God. Um, and so that, that explains the gospel, that Jesus came uh, to remove the barrier between us and himself so that we could be in relationship with him. And then there's, there's passages in the New Testament that just speak of the incredible value that we have, um, and we don't even need to comprehend why. Just because he loves us and he created us, yeah. he's given us value 
Um, In Ephesians 2, we read that we're God's masterpiece. Uh, You know, with, with people who are just so lost in their sense of worth, you think about the God of the universe viewing you as his masterpiece. And then he says he created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. And so, you know, before we were even even born, there were things, good things planned by him for us. Um, that's That's amazing. Like that speaks so powerfully of a sense of worth and value that most of us don't even comprehend. Even mm-hmm. those of us who who say we love God and are mm-hmm. trying to follow Jesus, we often wrestle with, I'm not good enough to continue to deserve God's love, but it's really got nothing to do with our performance. Uh, performance-based religion is exhausting. Mm-hmm. And um, I loved the verse that Lauren read uh, yesterday in her testimony. She read Ephesians 1.4, and I just want to read the verses that come after that. Uh, Here's the verse that Lauren read. Uh, Even before God made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. It goes on to say, God decided in advance. So before you did anything good, before you did anything bad, before you took a breath, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. That's what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Mm -hmm. So we praise God for the glorious grace that he's poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Um, Boy, meditate on those verses for a little while and just start thinking through, like, you were chosen before you did anything. So, you know, most of us are struggling with self-worth based on mistakes that we have made. Mm -hmm. But then you come come to terms with God's love for you is not based on those things. Mm -hmm. It precedes those things. Uh, it anticipated those things. It's the very reason that Jesus needed to come, and it gave God great pleasure to send His Son to rescue us. So that's right. amazing. That's amazing. And I like even um, you were just saying a lot of our self worth comes from the mistakes we've made. Um, but even to your point about being created in God's image, so those of us who are struggling with self worth based mainly on our image. Mm-hmm. Our image is created in yes. God himself. So, so what better image is there? Yep. And sin is what separates us or sin is what tries to get us to not see it that way. Yep. And that's not at all how God sees us. Yeah. So if we can just kind of like go after that, go after that becoming our thought that I am created in the image of God, there is nothing greater than that. Yeah. So good. So good. Yep. All right. So let's talk about now our reopening plan. Woohoo! 
So you put out a video this week on our social platforms um, just kind of outlining what we plan to do in this moment. Yep. Um, we have said on the pod before and we've said in other communications, we're very much going to um, be, you know, making decisions based on what our government is saying. We're not going to, you know, go against any of that. Um, so to our understanding, we've come to some um, kind of decisions on our reopening plan. So do you want to just kind of outline what some of that stuff is? Yeah. So, um, you know, we, you always take, no matter what decision we make, there's, there's people who are not happy. So even, even you saying, you know, we're, we're going to make decisions that are not in defiance of whatever the government is saying, there will be some who think that's a terrible thing to say. Right. <laughs> um, but we have, you know, we have not stopped being the church, even though we have not been meeting here, and we haven't stopped um, providing for our church family resources that can strengthen their faith and their walk with Christ. And so our mission as a church hasn't altered at all. And so just because we're doing online services doesn't mean we've sold out, Correct. that we're not standing <laughs> strong in our faith for right. Christ or whatever. So um, the governor said that um, churches could resume activities at 50% capacity starting Friday the 15th. Friday the 15th, which would mean May 17th, a church could. However, the that that instruction also came with a an encouragement that churches continue to do online services or parking lot services, which some, you know, drive-in services, mm -hmm. what some churches are doing. Um, so while they gave permission for it to happen, they're still encouraging us to continue with what we're currently doing. Right. And so we've made the decision to just continue to do what we're doing in part because um, we want to reopen responsibly. And so um, there's still a lot of people who are very anxious and afraid about uh, gathering together. And so we want to do some things that will mitigate against those fears um, by having hand cleaning stations, you know, more of them. We have some mm -hmm. in the commons area, but we want to have uh, more of them so that people can you know, wash those hands yep. <laughs> uh, as often as they need to. And, you know, we just don't have all of those materials yet. We've ordered them a while ago, but those everything's on back. Everything's order. on back order. Yep. So um, they're supposedly coming in beginning of June and we want to get those in place before we reopen. So uh, we're going to continue our current series until its conclusion and then a little bit more, too. A little yeah. bit more, yeah. So um, June 14th is the current thinking. That could change, but that's the current thinking. Uh, that'll allow us uh, time to get everything together and um, have um, you know in place protocols that will allow people to feel a little bit safer at gathering. We're going to operate at a reduced capacity. Yep. So... Um, and we're also only having services, so family-friendly services, yeah. no Believer's Kids, no Champions Club, no Adaptive Worship. Um, 
in part because, so for Believer's Kids, I mean, just a huge team of people that you have to have in place um, to, to pull that off. And not everyone is yet comfortable right. coming back. Not only that, but uh, daycare workers right now are receiving hazard pay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so do we really want to ask volunteers to volunteer where other people are getting paid extra to do that very thing? Right. So it just seems the most reasonable thing uh, that we'll just do family-friendly services, uh, 60 minutes each. We're going to do three of them at 8.30, 10, and 11.30. And, um, and our BK team is working hard to have activities for kids and yes. um, some options for kids in the services, too. So that'll be, we're going to do our best to make it a great environment for anyone who does want to be on campus. Yes. Um, Speaking of that, like one of the things that we also considered uh, was what we're teaching over the the coming weeks. We have a message coming up on overcoming addiction. We have a message on how to overcome loss. Um, Those are really heavy topics. Heavy topics for kids to be sitting in the room in. So we just felt like you know they're they're not even really the most appropriate. You know, we try to do age appropriate everywhere, mm-hmm. and it's hard to it's hard to make overcoming addiction age appropriate. Right. So we just feel like it's the it's the reasonable thing to do. So to that's wait. yeah yeah. So we're waiting until at least right now we're saying June fourteenth. Right. And we just want everyone to know that um, we're still going to be offering our amazing online yes. experiences. We've done that. Um, even before pandemic started, and we will continue after we're 100% back to normal, whatever that looks like. Um, And so still, we just want, as you come back to campus, um, we want that to be at your own pace. And so there's no pressure for you to be on campus. If you don't feel like the time is right for you and your family, that is 100% okay. Continue to engage online. Yeah. And that's why we just don't want to like have a high um, need for all of our impact team members yet. um, Because we just don't want them to feel that pressure. So our cafe won't be open. Um, You know, there will be, it'll basically be the auditorium will be open um, for those that are feeling comfortable to come back, but zero pressure. Yeah. Zero pressure. And Doing three services with shorter time in between, we're not encouraging people to hang out in the commons. Correct. And, you know, if they want to go out in the parking lot and talk, they can do that. Sure. But uh, we really are in between services. We want to, you know, wipe down all of the the surfaces that all are... The bathrooms. Yeah, door handles, all the things. Uh, the armrests in the mm-hmm. auditorium for the fixed seating, all that needs to get wiped down. So we're going to have a, a pretty tight turnaround between services so we want people to leave the building yep. so we can prepare the space for the, the next service. Right. And just as we lead up to the services, too, we will be, um, we're going to be doing like a registration ticketing system. Yes. Um, and that's not to be, that's not negative in our view. That's like really positive way that we can be best prepared for you and your family. And um, it'll allow us to know that, okay, we've got, we have a limit on how many people we can have in our space at this point. Um, so we'll be posting all sorts of information about that on our website, through our app, on our social media channels, um, and how you can get those tickets. It'll be super easy. Um, 
And there will be three services yep, to choose from. three services to choose from, so there should be room for everyone. Um, you might just have to pick a different service time than what you originally had in your head. Right. But, um, yeah, we hope that all of those things communicate to everybody that uh, we're very concerned about your safety, and we also can't wait to get back together yes. again. So um, that's kind of our heart behind all of that. Indeed. Well, that's all we've got time for today. If you're enjoying the Made for Mondays podcast, please share on your social media feeds and be sure to leave us a positive rating and review. Also, from time to time, we'll be doing episodes that will answer your questions. Do you have questions about this conversation? About other topics, you can send them to us by emailing madeformondays at believerschurch.org. Jamie and I will get them directly. The link will be included in the show notes. And speaking of questions, in July, the Believers Teaching Team is going to be doing a message series called You Asked For It. Each week of the series will answer questions submitted by you. So if you have a question that you'd like to be considered as a message topic, just email us at the Made for Mondays email address and put you asked for it in the subject line. Your question could be a sermon. It could be. That's amazing. How exciting is that? Right. Thanks for being here, friends. Let's do all we can to be loved this week.